It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That is our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our, our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check out the podcast wherever you listen to all your favorite podcasts, free and available everywhere. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays I am here answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions. And if you'd like to submit a question for this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag, either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council. The first quarterback domino of the 2023 offseason has fallen as Derek Carr will not be coming to Carolina but he will be coming to the NFC South where he will be playing with the rival New Orleans Saints. It was reported on Monday afternoon that Derek Carr and the Saints agreed to a four-year deal for $150 million with $100 million of it in total guarantees. Carr will get $70 million effectively fully guaranteed, $60 million at signing, another $10 million in year three, vesting after year one. Carr structures his deal to accommodate the Saints' cap issue. So congratulations to Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints for their new marriage as they embark upon their quest to be the top team in the NFC South. What does this mean for the Carolina Panthers? Not a whole lot, if we're really being honest. I know that it was scheduled for Carr and the Panthers to converse on Monday via the phone and they were going to have more of a conversation and this is something that Derek Carr want to get wrapped up this week as free agency starts next week. The legal negotiating period is Monday after 4 p.m. and then Wednesday at 4 p.m. on March 15th. That's when the new league year starts and players can officially sign contracts, but Derek Carr didn't want to wait. He didn't want to wait for Lamar Jackson to figure out his situation in Baltimore, which we're still sitting here on the clock waiting till 4 p.m. today on Tuesday to find out what's going to go on with that franchise tag. Surely the Baltimore Ravens aren't going to just let him walk. Obviously, they're going to want to get something for him. Looks like the non-exclusive tag will be the option there for Baltimore, but we'll see how it works out. Then Aaron Rodgers, there's been darkness from him since he got of his darkness retreat. What's he going to do? Is he going to play in Green Bay? Is he going to retire? Is he going to be available for trade? Is that Carol- something Carolina really wants to do? According to Peter King of Football Morning America, NBC Sports, doesn't look like the Panthers are all that interested and are not in on that deal for Aaron Rodgers, but still Derek Carr, he wanted to figure things out, but he wanted to go to New Orleans apparently over going to Carolina or New York, which was considered the favorite on Sunday evening when I was recording Monday's show in the middle of that, getting that report from Jeremy Fowler. Don't know what happened with the Jets and Derek Carr, 
But it's not a secret that New York is waiting to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. It's why Nathaniel Hackett, the disgraced former Broncos coach, one and done there, is now the OC for Robert Sala, who must win this season. They want Aaron Rodgers. They did not want Derek Carr. And let's be honest, did the Carolina Panthers really want Derek Carr either? Joe Person of The Athletic wrote about it on Monday, what he learned from the combine. It seemed that more is Frank Reich pushing to talk to Derek Carr and make that an option for the Carolina Panthers. And again... I think the wise thing to do was to see whether Carr would make sense for the Carolina Panthers. At some level, he did, but also if you're looking for a long-term solution, he's not that. And long-term, I'm not talking five years, which Derek Carr could give you, and he's going to give New Orleans three, possibly four. Haven't really seen how that contract's broken down year to year in the cap situation, which should allow the Saints to be able to do some things this year, but how does that impact the next three seasons and how would that have impacted Carolina? I didn't want Derek Carr at that price where it's $37.5 million per year and $100 million in guarantees. I'm good there. But he would have at least solidified the position and stabilize it for the next four seasons, and the Panthers probably would have been a playoff team with him But that's not what we're looking for here. We're not just trying to be a playoff team. We're trying to win the whole shebang. And Derek Carr in New Orleans, I don't think that's going to happen. In Las Vegas and Oakland, it didn't happen. Not great teams around him. But I did not feel like him coming to Carolina was the best path forward for the Carolina Panthers. So where do they go now? They go to the logical decision of Targeting a quarterback in the 2023 NFL Draft. Yes, you can still wait on Lamar Jackson. We had this conversation yesterday. I think the Panthers should be in on that deal. But looking at what it's going to take. With Derek Carr, it was just a four-year, $150 million deal, $100 million in total guarantees that it took to bring him to the Saints organization. And he could give them a team-friendly cap hit that first year. I don't know what it looks like in the following three years, but the first year you could work with that. So the Carolina Panthers could have worked with Derek Carr with the cap hit at least this season, allowing them to potentially extend Brian Burns in this offseason and Bradley Bozen bring him back, maybe Deontay Foreman. And there could have been some other casualties out there like a Shaq Thompson and some other players on this roster that would have either stayed had Derek Carr been here, but now might leave with Derek Carr having signed a Carolina had that been the case. But it did not cost that much. With Lamar Jackson, it's going to cost you two first-round picks plus a higher salary than what Derek Carr commanded in New Orleans. So for the Carolina Panthers, where they should move now is towards not signing another patch. The good news here is is Derek Carr was a patch, and now he's going to be in New Orleans. You don't have to worry about him on your roster not taking you to the promised land. The bad news is the Saints now should be a competitive team, providing that they figure out what's going to go on the cap situation. But Derek Carr, I think, is a good quarterback. I don't think he's one of the top 10 in the league. He's being paid like that. But that's just how quarterback contracts go nowadays. So that's the bad news. But really for Carolina, now they can just focus in on what always felt like the likely conclusion of trading up into the draft and making sure that they get Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, more likely C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, making sure they're in position to get one of those top quarterbacks. That's now what happens for the Carolina Panthers now that Derek Carr has signed elsewhere and doesn't look like the Panthers have interest in Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson might be even a tougher deal to figure out than Derek Carr and even Aaron Rodgers. So now the path forward is focusing on 
finding the right deal and trading up into the draft. Now, there's a team that's made it official that they are open for business. Ryan Poles, the general manager in Chicago, told Peter King on Monday that, yeah, I'm ready to trade the number one pick, and I know I can get a lot for it. How costly will it be if the Carolina Panthers want to move up to number one in the draft? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do that, let me tell you about our new sports betting partner here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're past midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line, the point scores, and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout of a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The major takeaway from Derek Carr being in New Orleans Saints is, okay, good, fine, he's not going to come to Carolina. That's probably the best thing moving forward for the Carolina Panthers. They can now focus on actually finding a long-term solution instead of getting a short-term solution. And I think Derek Carr actually would have been a solution to their quarterback problems, but would that solution still be here potentially in 2028 like that's what you're trying to find right now is the guy who can be here in 2028 2033 and maybe even 2038 here in Carolina you're looking for a 10 15 year solution this offseason no more Sam Darnold's no more Baker Mayfield's no more panic moves up into the draft what they need to do is be smart be prudent and find the right deal and more importantly, the right quarterback. And to me, Derek Carr was not that to Carolina. He could have won here. The Panthers, think, would have won plenty of games. But I don't think they would have won the game with Derek Carr. Now, only time will tell what happens in New Orleans, and I think the Saints will now be a problem. Now, the cap situation there is going to be an annual issue for Mickey Loomis, their general manager, and an organization. But they found a way around the last couple of seasons to be competitive. Now, they haven't been great last year. In the year because of, before that, they also weren't great when Sean Payton, before he retired. But also, the quarterback play hasn't been good in New Orleans. And if the quarterback play is good, I think the Saints are probably a team that's right there in the contention for the NFC South, especially now that Tom Brady's gone. Of course, you're looking at what's going on in Atlanta and Carolina with their new coaching staff trying to figure out their quarterback situation. The Saints now kind of sitting there in a catbird seat atop the NFC South, which is why it's even more important that the Carolina Panthers go out there and make the right move, now focusing on a quarterback and likely trading up for a quarterback. And I had someone ask me, the Carolina Panthers now panic and try to, I mean, does it not panic, but does it put more pressure on the Panthers now that Carr has gone to New Orleans? No, it doesn't put any more pressure on them at all. It's a little bit of pressure, I guess, that, all right, the Saints, they got their guy who's going to be there for the next three, four years, and 
is going to be capable, but what's going to be around him, that's still a major question mark with the New Orleans Saints. But as far as the Panthers, all it really should do is help them focus. It provides them the focus of where they need to go and what direction, and that is towards the draft. Now, moving up, that's what the Carolina Panthers, in my opinion, need to do if they want to get one of the top four quarterbacks. It's possible that one of them could be sitting there at nine. We saw a couple years ago in the 2021 draft, the Carolina Panthers had an option to be able to take either Mac Jones or Justin Fields there at eighth overall in a quarterback-heavy draft class with Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and then the other two that I mentioned, um, Fields and Mac Jones. They decided not to do that weeks ahead of the draft by trading for Sam Darnold, a second, fourth, and sixth to the Jets, and we saw how that worked out. But they sat there in what was considered a quarterback-heavy draft and were able to sit at the end of the top ten and have an option at one of their top five guys. I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think Levis is on board then. I don't think Stroud's on the board. I don't think Young's on the board. I have no idea where Richardson's going to go because he certainly won the combine, and I caution people not to freak out off of the athletic traits that he showed you this past weekend, but more to focus on what he did in college because the production – Passing-wise, wasn't all that impressive, but he is an awesome athlete that can do things with his legs. You have to wonder, his best football is probably still ahead of him, but how much better can Anthony Richardson actually get? So don't get too caught up in that. Although, as I've said to y'all yesterday, I am totally on board in taking any of these four quarterbacks. It's a crapshoot. I'd rather have Bryce Young, then C.J. Stroud, then Richardson, then Levis in that order, but I have no idea which one of them is actually going to turn out to be a franchise quarterback in the NFL if any of them even turn out to be a franchise quarterback in the National Football League. But the Carolina Panthers now have to sit in a situation and figure out what are we going to do to get up into the position where we can get one of these top four guys. I think the most logical thing is to move up to five to Seattle, at least now, and to be in positions where you should be able to get one of the top three in my and I would think that Levis is probably the top three ahead of Richardson I don't know but at five you should be in a good good shape to get somebody Chicago probably not going to stay at one going to get to that here in a few seconds um Houston I guess they probably stay at two Arizona at three they don't need a quarterback um sitting at fours the Colts like they obviously do need a quarterback at five you can get a quarterback there at five so that's probably the easiest deal to make based off of Scott Fitter's relationship with John Snyder and the Seattle Seahawks organization since he spent 20 years there before coming to Carolina. That's the easy pick to move to make and likely does not cost the Carolina Panthers that much as far as draft compensation this year and beyond. Now, what might it cost to move up to number one overall? According to Bears general manager Ryan Poles and speaking to Peter King, in his latest Football Morning in America column on Monday morning, he said he's had enough conversations about a deal to know in swapping first-round picks this year, he can also get a first-round pick in 2024 and in 2025 in a major package for a trade. However, far down it goes in the draft this year, Poles wants to be sure that he can get a blue-chip type of player, someone he views as a premier first rounder and there may only be six or eight of those when the bears end up setting their board so at number nine overall can ryan poles and the bears still get somebody who they think can be one of those top tier players and he did also say in his column that he believes that there's seven guys that are worthy of being the number one overall pick in the draft if that's the case i don't know if he's going to be willing to move all the way down to nine with carolina unless the panthers are willing to throw in a little bit more of a sweetener now, according to Peter King, the owner David Tepper here in Carolina has made it clearly has made it clear internally he wants a long term answer at quarterback and he wants it now. Indianapolis 
also would be a team that would be looking to trade, but they wouldn't have as much to trade uh, as Carolina. At least they wouldn't have to trade up as much as they're already at number four overall. And they would absolutely be in position for the Bears to get that kind of blue chip type of player that he's looking for. And the Panthers maybe would have to give up a first-round pick, not just this year, swapping, but also in 2024 and in 2025, and even an extra second and third round picks over the next two drafts if they're able to get up there and get to the number one pick. And Peter King also is told that he's told it's entirely possible cooler heads will prevail in Carolina, but we'll see. And that feels like a David Tepper-driven decision that the Carolina Panthers give up that much capital to go up to number one in the draft, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. Are any of these quarterbacks that are going to be on the board here in the first round in the top 10, are any of them worth trading away first-round pick next year and in 2025? I have a hard time saying yes, especially when you listen to polls saying that he believes there's seven guys worthy of going number one overall. That's telling you that there's not that one surefire player that is a must-have. There's not that Trevor Lawrence in this draft. Like, that, there's not that guy that everyone knows that is clearly the number one pick. There's not that Joe Burrow who's, oh, clearly, that guy's the number one pick. We don't have that this year in the draft. And hearing that, why would the Panthers then give up two first-round picks past this year's draft in order to make sure that they get that guy? Especially not knowing whether that player would work out or, or not. Like with Lamar Jackson, if you were able to trade for him, you're giving up your first-round pick this year and next year. And, of course, having to fit that massive salary into your salary cap. But you already have a proven commodity. Like Making that deal makes way more sense to me than giving up next year's first-round pick and 2025's first-round pick to just get up to number one to ensure that you get your guy. And we have no idea whether that would be the right guy at all. I don't think Bryce Young, as much as I love them in Alabama, is worth that much. I don't think C.J. Stroud's worth that much. I damn sure don't think Richardson or Levis are worth that much in the draft. For Carolina, they just need to focus on getting up to five, maybe even three. But up to number one, I'm not willing to do that. And Scott Fitter's talked about and I'm not the one making the trade. And I don't necessarily want to see them do that. It would make it, it would make for a great conversation as far as, all right, the Panthers sitting at one, who do they take? Because we know that they have the entire board available to them. But at five, I think they can still get somebody who they actually like. And not settle, but they can get someone who they like. And if there's three, if they like three of the four, they like all four of them, you get the five, you're pretty much guaranteed to get your guy. And if you get the three, you're absolutely guaranteed to get one of the guys that you really love. But at number one, for that much, no, I'm good there, man. Ryan Pohl is also sitting here knowing that he can fleece somebody. And he can get whatever he wants. The Carolina Panthers, they don't need to be in on that deal because that deal is way too rich for my blood. But maybe not for David Teppers. We'll see how it works out. Now, when should the Panthers make this trade? So say they do want to trip number one. Would it cost them more now or more later? Should they wait until we get to April? Or should they go ahead and get it figured out before free agency? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service 
any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I said to y'all last week that ideally the Carolina Panthers would make a trade up in the draft by the end of this week. I want this figured out. I want the Carolina Panthers to know that they are targeting a quarterback in the top five of the NFL draft, then focus on bringing back Bradley Bozeman, figuring out whether they want to actually have Deontay Foreman come to terms with him, finding out an extension for Brian Burns and going out there and finding a pass-catching tight end, finding another wide receiver, getting some speed at linebacker, and filling some of the other holes that Scott Fitterer brought up a week ago at the NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis. But the first thing I want them to figure out is where they're going to be in the draft. Because they're not going to stay at nine. I can't see that happening. Because you don't stay at nine and get who you want. And now with Derek Carr going to New Orleans, that takes away an option. And looking at just the takeaway from that, it doesn't necessarily put that much pressure on Carolina to then get a quarterback, but it puts a little bit more pressure on them to get, get it right and to know where they're going now that Derek Carr is not a, an option. I don't even know how real an option he truly was for the Carolina Panthers outside of maybe just Frank Reich wanting that. Like, did David Tepper really have a desire for him? Did Scott Fitter have that much of a desire for Derek Carr? Like, how much of an option was he really for the Carolina Panthers? doesn't really matter now that he's in New Orleans. The Panthers need to come to a decision this week. And I know you might say, like, okay, why do they have to make a decision now? Well, you should just have a plan in place. If you trade up, get to the top five, you're then planning on taking a quarterback in this draft. So you can go about the rest of free agency knowing that, all right, we're going to take a rookie. You can then tell these veteran quarterbacks like a Sam Darnold, like a Jacoby Brissett that, hey, you can come in, be our bridge. We are going to draft a quarterback. That is our plan. But you can absolutely come in here and potentially start games this upcoming season until that rookie quarterback is ready or even start the entirety of the season. You need to be able to tell these players what the expectation is. I've already seen the Panthers looking at potentially getting a guy like McCole Hardman. He needs to know who's going to be playing quarterback. Am I going to have a rookie? Am I going to have a veteran? What's the plan here in Carolina? So that's why I want to see the Panthers go out there and make a deal this week so they can tell free agents what their plan is. All right, you're coming to this team. We want you to be here to help this young rookie grow. And we still think we can win games this year. We might not be at the level that we want to be at, and we're going to be at in a few years, but you're signing on for a long-term project with this rookie where in a couple seasons we can be in position to potentially compete for the NFC Championship and be in the Super Bowl. Like, they need to be in a position right now to be able to tell these free agents what they're signing up for here in Carolina. You don't want to tell them that they're signing up for a quarterback carousel, which has been the last couple of seasons. And bringing in Derek Carr would not have been doing that. It would have been telling them that, hey, we have a proven commodity at quarterback. We'll see just how good he is. We think we can win with him. Instead, they're going to be in a position now where it's we're going to trade up, we're going after a quarterback, and we want you to help this guy develop and get to the point where in a couple seasons when he enters year three, he could be that dude or even year two if you get the right guy. Because Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville, once they got Doug Peterson in there and an actual NFL coaching staff, they won a division, a weak division, but they won a division and then won a playoff game as well. Why could that not be the Carolina Panthers next season? if they get it right at quarterback and they're able to get the right pieces around him. So that's why I want to see the Panthers make a trade up now. Now, as far as number one, which again, I am not on board with doing that. According to Ryan Poles, again, the Bears GM, he talked about, hey, should we do this before free agency or should I wait? I don't know. 
That's what I communicated. I could carry this all the way until we're on the clock, the night of the draft. But then there's teams that want some certainty because if they need a quarterback bad, should I do that now when some of these guys like Derek Carr, who's, of course, not out there on the board anymore, are out there? To me, they've got to go out. they got to go so much more above to do it now. I'm not greedy with it, but they're going to have to go above me on to close the door right now. So Chicago... It feels like a lot if the Carolina Panthers want to do that. It's it's what Peter King brought up before. It's swapping first this year. It's giving up the 2024 first, giving up the 2025 first. And then if you want the deal done right now, it's a second or a third round pick next year or this year or in 2025. That's a ton to give up. Now, the Panthers waited a couple weeks. They also had the options to give up picks in 2026. Right now, the only thing they can do is give up picks this year, 2024, and in 2025. So that gives them a more of an option if they do want to part ways and get up to number one. Again, I am just, I think it's too much. And I don't think any of these guys truly is worth that much draft compensation. And at the end of the day, if the Panthers made that deal and that player came out there and balled out and was the rookie of the year, became an MVP, led this team to a Super Bowl, yes, it would have been worth it. Absolutely. But right now, I just can't look at any of them and think that there's no way this man fails. He's going to come to the NFL and light it up. I, I don't look at any of these players like that. As much as I enjoyed watching Bryce Young in Alabama, there were doubts and concerns about him. I don't have as many of them as a lot of people do based on his size and weight. I think the kid can ball. C.J. Stroud, I think he's pretty good too. There are a little bit of doubts back here in my mind, but I think he can, he can be good enough. And I think the Panthers have enough around him with the staff of Frank Reich Jim Caldwell, Parks Frazier, Josh McCown, and then eventually that that veteran quarterback to help him grow and develop. Same case with Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. I think there's enough around whoever the rookie quarterback is here in Carolina for them to have a chance to succeed. That doesn't guarantee that they will, though. So without the guarantee, that sure is a hell of a lot to give up. I've already said to you all before, I'm cool swapping picks this year. I'm cool giving up a 2024 first-round pick. And if you got to throw in a third-round pick next year or even this year, I'll do that. I would prefer for it to be next year, but I'm willing to do that to get one of these guys. That, to me, is a lot more palatable than giving up your first-round picks next year and a year before or in a year after. And also, how the hell do I cover the draft if the Panthers have a first-round pick? Because you all know me. I'm not out here trying to see who's a good or third or fourth-round pick option. I don't care. Whenever they get drafted here, I'll break them down. Talk about where they, how they fit in the, in the roster and all that, but I don't know. So I have no idea how this is going to work out, but it's going to cause a ton for the Panthers to trade up number one with Chicago. And for me, that's just not, not what they should be looking to do. They should be looking to talk to Seattle, get a good deal, get up there to the five right now, and come draft night if they want to move up and get up to one, and it doesn't cost them, and it still feels like it's going to cost them. They think they can get up to number one or get up to number three come draft night, and they're not moving up that far. I'm totally fine with that. Look, a couple years ago, the Buffalo Bills, they got up there in the top ten, then saw that Josh Allen was where he was at seven. They are like, all right, let's move up more and get our guy. I have no issues with the Carolina Panthers just getting to the top five now, going about free agency with the plan that, hey, we're going to bring in a rookie quarterback and telling the players out there who want or are interested in Carolina what the plan is and then once you get to April or maybe even draft night, if you feel like, all right, 
the only way we can get our guy is getting up to the three and trying to avoid someone like Oakland moving up ahead of, or Las Vegas rather moving ahead of you, or maybe some other team decides they're going to move up ahead of you as well to three of Arizona, then making that, that trade or even make number one to Chicago. If that's what you want to do come draft night. And if the price is more reasonable by that point in time. So for me right now, give the five, but you do not need to give up that much currently to get up to number one in the draft. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Lockdown Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check out the show wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, free and available everywhere. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. We're on Friday. I'll be back to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council. Participate. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Wednesday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.